Welcome to We Know Everything. I'm Charlotte. I'm Gabby. And this is a podcast where we take everyday subjects or just things in the world that we think we should know about. We talk about what we know about these subjects off the cuff. So just what kind of sediments of information we have about a topic, say bees. And then we uh, go away, research it, come back, and it's a two-part podcast. So you get top half us demonstrating what knowledge is just floating around in our brains. And the second half is us correcting, um, not correcting, being in awe of how much we did know. And that is the that's the show. Yeah. Welcome, so Mum. Yeah. Maybe we should pre-record what the this is just some notes. <laughs> yeah, no time. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about evolution. I forgot an important part of the podcast, which is we discuss on air how it should work. Well, this is when it comes up. Yeah, that's true. Well, I do think that maybe we pre-record the bit where we. Oh yeah. We get someone else to do it. You know how like like they always get some like someone with like a very solid. I don't listen to podcasts. Like, I don't really listen to them either, as is evident. Yeah, can, can you guys tell? Unprofessional this is. Mom? <laughs> but yeah, you'd be like, welcome to We Know Everything. I'd love to do that. With I'll your do it hosts, for... Gabby and Charlotte. We no, do they don't do it for podcasts, do they? I don't know how the world works. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it in an accent. I'll do my famous British accent. So people think that the Queen's introducing our podcast. All right, let's hear it. Um, Hang on. Oh, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do... Instant veto. <laughs> yeah. So that's the show. And uh, this week, Gabby, would you like to announce... We need to have a bit more of a format. You're right. No time. We need to have more of a format for how we do this. Yeah. New new convention. I do a little drum roll. And then Gabby will announce the topic. Dreams. We'll make it less creepy next time. <laughs> That was meant to be ethereal. Oh, okay. Dreams are mystical. <laughs> My queen sounded more ethereal. All right. Then Charlotte will pass, pass it to dreams. you. I'll pass. That's the ball going back to you. What is a dream? Um, a dream is the brain subconscious working through the detritus of the day. I know. In I podcast. surprised myself too. <laughs> and we're signing off. Yeah, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> the queen, my impression of the queen is now going to be a character. I have heard that it is a form of filing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wish, podcast, I wish podcasts were a visual medium because Gabby um, looked very impressed. <laughs> By her use of the word filing. Well, I know it's not very, like, cool and ethereal and everything, but it is a way of, like, sorting out. Well, you said how you sort out yeah. the detritus <laughs> of the day. Yes. And I think it's a way of, like, kind of putting it, like, making sense, creating patterns, drawing lines. Yeah. <laughs> Filling in those, what are those mandalas? What are those things that people colour in to be calm? Adult colouring is very brief craze. Yeah, so dreams are adult colouring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Vividly. Um, well, Do you think the visuals mean anything? Um, no. I think both of us are coming at the dreams from a particularly not very fun standpoint. Like, no. I don't think they mean anything because they don't mean anything. But if I it mean, is I'm like, willing to be proved wrong, but I know I won't be. <laughs> if it is like sorting out the detritus of the day, yes. if it is filing, if it is problem yes. solving, and if it is putting red lines in each other, well, I guess it means wouldn't something. it be meaningful in terms of like giving you like an aha moment like you saw it in a dream oh. you were trying to figure something out you were trying to and then suddenly it came to you in a dream, in a dream. so it's less about oh if you see a bluebird it means that your aunt will die on tuesday yeah, yeah, yeah. And more about like your brain learns things and like that's like they tell you if you like 
a study tip, everyone. If I'm like struggling to understand something, I have a nap or like I sleep and then I often understand it better. Like your brain sorts things out whilst you're sleeping. That's not really dreams though. Though I do dream a lot about law. But it's not helpful. <laughs> I wonder if dreams is just going to be one of those things that we look up and no one actually knows. Mm, but they know, they definitely know something about it. Well, let's, okay. Just going off information that we've got. So neither of us think dreams give you some kind of symbolic meaning that tell you about your day-to-day life, right? But I'm sure in a way it like, you know how like um, it facilitates that feeling that something deep is happening. So like when people take drugs. So part of the reason that you're feeling like it's profound yeah. is going to push by an external feeling that's telling you that it's profound as opposed to it actually being profound. But so you get this like sense of awe or sense of the sublime, which is actually. Have you had that in a dream? Yeah, sure. Well, you yeah. feel like you're. Have I? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, give me, like give me your dreaming experience. Like when you think about your dreams, do you think that they give you? Well, yeah. Well, tell me about your dreams, which is a terrible question. I don't know. When no I, was, one I remember some key dreams that I had as a kid because mm-hmm. they were either too adult for me to have, and I felt very ashamed, Ooh. or they were. Really scary. Uh huh. But aside from that, I don't really remember my dreams. All of my dreams are scary. I do not like, I don't know. I can't believe people have nice dreams. All of my dreams are disturbing and frightening. And maybe I should admit that, but they are. Like, I don't like my dreams. They're not fun. They're often stress dreams. And they're always weird. Like, I don't See, have that fun feels dreams. like meaning. If you're like feeling stressed or if your dreams but are. But the like- meaning's not a mystery. The meaning's very obvious. I'm stressed about It's like I dream, like, my dreams. Um, show no imagination. It's very straightforward. I'm not <laughs> if I'm stressed about law or stressed about work, I will dream about being in a situation where I'm stressed about those things. You know? Doesn't that make it meaningful then? No. Well, <laughs> it it's just not reminds like, me that I'm stressed. Well, like meaning is whatever you put on it. But if a, if a dream is just arbitrary images, if it's just weird, like a mosaic of different things that happens to you to uh-huh. your day, so you're just copying and pasting a place, people's faces, dialogue, sounds, and situation, uh-huh. and that's your dream, that's uh-huh. nothing. That's meaningless. That's just you just having a fun time. Right. But if you're dreaming of something that is actually stressing you and your dream is like, hey, this is what's on the forefront of your mind, that yes. feels a bit more meaningful than just arbitrary images. So, yeah, but it's not like meaningful in the sense of telling me something I don't know, you know? It's telling me something I do know, which is that I'm stressed about these things. Do you really know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, I, and this is a bit of a more recent phenomenon. I do now dream about people who I feel a lot of guilt towards. Oh, see, yeah. meaningful. I feel like we're coming all the way around with like, but dreams. No, no, because are... I think people think dreams are meaningful in a way where it's not like clear, but it's like, as you said, like a bird means your aunt's going to die. Like it's not that kind yeah, of it's stuff. Not like it's like an very, external mystical force. It's there's like... no confusion about what it means. It means I feel bad because I never messaged that person and the friendship ended badly and I feel guilty about it. And unresolved. That's what it is. It's unresolved. Mm. Again, Do you that just that? feels meaningful. Uh... It is meaningful, but I guess it's it's not mystical. I definitely have dreams about past places and past people that when I wake up in the morning, I feel really like I miss them or I'm sad about it or Mm. it brings up those feelings again. I wouldn't say it's unresolved, but more like I haven't tapped into that for a while. And I guess I do think about like, oh, why did I dream about that? What does it mean? Who am I? What does this tell me going forward? I never do that really because it's always very clear. Like That's what I mean when I say they're not like, I guess that's what I mean. Well, I grew up with like... um. 
the understanding that our dreams meant something. Oh, okay. Either from a religious upbringing oh. or I think my mom was studying psychology at the time and I think there was a lot of in- dream interpretation at the no. time through psychology, like Freud and that kind of thing, had journals and stuff of what different things meant in a dream. If you dreamt you were flying, you wanted to run away and that kind of thing. Yeah, like dream okay, interpretation my was, was also huge. But my mom was also studying psychology. And I got a very different impression because she also did like a lot of stuff about well, sleep really, but none of that. I think it was like... Either, it was either a craze or it was taught. But I, I definitely think that Freud was a big pusher in I think terms he was, of what yeah. dreams meant. Like, and yeah, you were maybe. always dreaming of, like, your parents' genitals and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah I, I, don't, I don't quite – maybe he was. He sounds, it sounds Freudian. Yeah. He was not, big on the subconscious. Yeah, yeah. But um, And I think a lot of that has been debunked. Well, a lot oh, of what he did yeah. in general has been debunked across the board. Following Freud is like following – Galileo's theories about the Earth being flat. Yeah, and very well debugged. Really stupid to think that we all have the same feeling or sentiments towards like the color blue or the symbology of a door or a mirror. Can I tell you some real common ones that I just know because this is a very common recurring dream for me? It's probably one of my few recurring dreams is teeth falling out. It's a huge one. And it's, I think, a very common one. And it's, if you Google it, lots of people have different opinions. So some people think it means you're insecure, you're going to be rich. Um, oh, there's another one. It's because it is a very common thing. There's like, if you like look that up online, there's a lot of different like meanings attributed to it. I'm fairly sure that it's because I've had a lot of dentistry work done in my life and I've felt a huge amount of stress and still do in relation to my teeth. And I think it's just that. Hmm. I really connect stress in dreams. So I'll be interested just like to see how much. Well, I dreams are stress. about stress. And, I mean, we touched on this in the Supernatural episode and I went into my sleep paralysis there, which does oh, yeah. tip into the dream. That's other things. Like, what are the physical things that are happening to you while you're dreaming? Yeah. You want to go into that? You want to have a little splash around until you're I, I don't know. And a paralysis? It's, oh, it's, your body is... You're in your deep sleep state, so it's REM. You don't dream otherwise, I don't think. I think you only dream in REM? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, here's one. You know, if you wake up, like if I wake up at seven and then I go back to sleep and maybe get up at like... Nine, I will have the weirdest dreams. Yeah, same. But I'm not sure if that's because they're easier to remember or if because they are gen- – or it's just because I don't often – I would say I normally don't remember my dreams. What do you reckon? I'd, I'd say normally I don't. No. Or like halfway through the day where I'll be trying to tell someone about it. You think- Unless I tell someone straight away. Yeah. And then I just remember telling the story. But if I try and tell someone a dream and they're always like my – Retelling of the dream never does justice to the dream. No, because that's the thing is dreams are so about like your feelings and. But them. that's what I'm saying. That like the feeling of it being prophetic or that. But I don't have feeling that feeling. Of, like it being profound. I'm pretty sure there's probably some sort of, sort of chemistry. I've never, in but your I've head. never had that feeling with dreams. It's always fear. <laughs> my dreams. I never like my dreams. I can't tell if it's because I always remember the bad ones, but I don't enjoy dreams. I'm gonna throw this out there. Okay. And I think the amygdala in the brain has a big thing to do with dreams. Amygdala. All right. Amygdala. The amygdala. And I want to leave it at that. <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> I can't come I can't come any further on that. Um but like that's I, I feel so so okay. Your body is paralyzed. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, because that's what happens in a dream, because it stops you from acting out. Oh, in so dreams. that's why you often feel paralyzed in dreams. Is that why? Oh, that's what sleep paralysis is when you wake up and you can't like but your, your your mind wakes up before your body. So is that connected you, to? But that's connected to the fact you're actually paralyzed. 
in a dream state. Well, your body goes into a temporary form of paralysis when you're asleep to yeah. stop you from acting out your dreams or um, stop you That is a shame from, like, because the performance would be astounding. <laughs> <laughs> My dad always tells the story of his dad, like, dreaming that he, like, kicked the final goal uh-huh. and like Uruguay, my dad's Uruguay and Uruguay versus whoever. And he like kicked the winning goal and he kicked his wife out his, my dad's mom out of the bed. <laughs> and now knowing that your body puts you in yeah. paralysis, I wonder if it's just like <laughs> domestic abuse story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's interesting because I, I feel like, well, so what, it, when I'm like talking in my sleep and stuff or like moving in, how do you talk in your sleep if you're paralyzed? Surely when you're talking in your sleep, you're dreaming. I don't or think it's like, I think you're murmuring. <laughs> No, but people know. People definitely talk. I've talked to myself. Okay, there's a certain amount of paralysis that happens. I'm sure of yeah. that. Then I think people, that oh, sleepwalking and stuff like that. Be some sort Are of they hor- dreaming? Are they in a dream state when they're sleepwalking? Then maybe they're not. Maybe it's not an REM state. Oh, sleep. The topic of sleep is that, but let's narrow it to dreams because otherwise it's too broad. Yeah, but I mean, like, okay, so with dreams, what's happening? There must be some sort of visual component. How are we seeing things? Yeah. How do we see things in our brain that we that are not really there? I don't actually know. That's a good one. The mind's eye. Well, so we were kind of, I think we both started from the same point that we both kind of agree. We think dreams are a mechanism for your brain trying to interpret all the things that it saw during the day. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of like it's time to try to make sense of what you've, all the information you've weird. received. It's definitely weird. It's I think not like, like a straight, it's not, it's not like, it's not like an accountant going through, all right, it's a dog and that's our cat. And then I attacked the dog. Like it's not giving you a, it's not breaking. It's, it, that's not how it, yeah. It's, but you are like, it's vividly weird. hallucinating. Yeah. When you're dreaming. Yeah. Like you feel like it's real. You feel like, I just remembered. So last night I had a dream and it was scary. And I don't often do this, but in this dream, I very distinctly was like, this is a dream. God, I want to wake up. And I was thinking in my dream, oh, God, I want to wake up so badly because I know it's a dream and it's a scary one. Isn't that what people want who lucid dream? That's like they want to know that they're dreaming so then they can take control. Why don't you take control? Well, so this is kind of the – it's in my dream, I've just been watching a TV show and one of the um, key plot points in the TV show was he was fighting – this guy's fighting a villain who can put you to sleep. So what he had to do to fight the villain was when he realized he was in the sleep state was he had to kill himself in the sleep state and that would wake him back up into reality. Were you watching Inception? No. Is that, the, is, that, is that how it works in Inception? I think to move through the levels of Inception. You kill yourself? You kill yourself. No, oh, no if you no, die in your dream, no. you die in real life. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> You're the worst consultant for someone wanting to dream of Inception ever. <laughs> but that was but in my dream where I was having the nightmare and I realized I wanted to get out of my dream. I did think about, I didn't think about killing myself, but I remembered that. And I was like, oh, even my dream, I was like, oh, it's dark. But um, I think what happened in my dream as well is I woke up out of that nightmare but into another dream i didn't mm. wake up yeah but i really thought i would want this to be over it was a scary dream i've definitely had the back-to-back dreams oh, yeah like the classic or is that just like a tv thing what's a back-to-back where dream you, where you wake up and you're like oh i'm safe and then suddenly the dream restarts again and you're like ah <laughs> oh, I haven't the had dream that. is still continuing i can't escape it because have you ever successfully in a dream realized you were dreaming and wanted to wake up and then woken up no. Yeah, me neither. If I do wake up, I'm scared that I'm going to just be in sleep paralysis and I'm oh. going to be stapled to my bed. Oh, no. And that's not like a fun position to be in. Mm. So I tend to not want to wake up in a dream. I don't have that many nightmares. I just, I, I would classify almost every, I've told you this before, I think. I would classify every dream I have as a nightmare. Okay, I don't enjoy well, them. It'll be interesting to think about like what kind of like, what's happening in the brain when you're having a nightmare. Because obviously you're releasing sort of stress hormones. Maybe I should find out why I have nightmares all the time. Yeah, like I feel like it should be. 
like it doesn't seem like a very good evolutionary trait for us to just like freak out when we're asleep because you're going to have a terrible sleep. You're but probably going to wake I up. I don't have terrible sleep. You don't feel well rested after a nightmare? Um, I, I, yeah, I don't think I don't. Yeah. You don't think you don't? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel well rested after a nightmare because all my dreams are nightmares and I'm a pretty good sleeper. I you often, are a good sleeper. Maybe that's the key. Always be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Oh, damn, I had another point I was going to say. Oh, as a kid, I had night terrors. We should look up what those are. But I would like scream and throth at the mouth. That's rabies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even need to look it up. Yeah, you have rabies. Oh, I had rabies. <laughs> and mum was having a night terror of having a baby with rabies. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, Do that's all I babies dream of electric sheep? Do babies dream? <laughs> Ah, yeah, good question. How old are we Probably. when we dream? Did you dream in the womb? Dogs dream. Dogs. Oh, yeah, dogs dream. And Which they're, they're not dream? paralyzed. Oh, my God. They're yep. not paralyzed when we they dream. We have a dog um, friend in common. <laughs> yes. Her name is Yonza. There's currently a framed photo of her in our mantle. She <laughs> looks I'm very looking at a photo of her handsome. as I'm saying this. She appeared in the first few podcasts. She sat between us when Aww, we did our first podcast. Yonza. Oh, yeah. She's still alive. <laughs> like she's dead. She's doing well. Um, and she has nightmares if, whenever I'm dog sitting her. And I think it's the stress it's of her you. owners being away. It's mm. the stress of her owners being away. I am listening. We'll conduct cushion. a poll on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Gabby's presence? Yeah, we have a Patreon. Stick around for more yeah. um, info about this. Oh, man, me and Yonce are the but, same. Yeah, she always has a nightmare. But how do you know it's a nightmare? Because her like, little legs twitch and then she starts crying. But she maybe goes, ah! that could be you. You're not a dog expert. I don't know. I think I'm a, I'm a, I live in this world. I live in this reality and I can tell when an animal is stressed. <laughs> Do you know what? That is a fallacy, right? So this is an unrelated dream point. So humans obviously are very bad because we, what is it called where you project human emotions onto animals? It's or not, that's a humanization. No. Or it's it's a, like anthro, you anthrop, anthropomorph, an, animorphs, you animorph them. You animorph them. <laughs> yeah. Anthropomorphize. Oh, I know exactly. Anthropologize. That's why we have a second ah. half. Yeah. So we needed, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. So there's this woman called Temple Grandin, I think. She's, the, I think, the first person who's autistic to get like yeah. to get a PhD, and she was an expert in animal behavior. And the reason she was so good at it is because of her autism. She didn't anthropomorphize them. So you look at Yonsei and say, "Oh, she's having a nightmare." I think she was much better at not projecting human behavior onto an animal, and All that right. made her good at it. It's a two-way street. Yonsei could be super confident and we don't know. No, she is definitely not. <laughs> it's a two-way street, all right? I would like Yonsei to interpret my feelings right when I'm upset and she decides to make it about her. So if you're upset around Yonsei, this can be a podcast on Yonsei. <laughs> this is going to be a roast of Yonsei. Yeah. It's not about dreams anymore. It's like, this is the roast of Yonsei. She's upset. That time I First dropped. up is Gabby. Go, Gabby. So I was babysitting Yonsei. This is for all the Yonsei fans out there. It's <laughs> <laughs> babysitting Yonsei and I dropped a cement brick on my toe and broke my toe. And it was just me and Yonsei in the house and I obviously didn't take it well because I'm a human yeah and um she decided to make it about her and while I was in pain and needed comfort she just went and cried and stared at the front door wanting to leave <laughs> to, okay. so I would like her to interpret my sad emotions <laughs> as not aggression towards her but as need of comfort I wanted her to call the doctor this has become the trial fiance because I'm going to speak in defense of her I have also been around Gabby which has injured herself <laughs> And it's not the easiest experience in the world. And she does not react well to comfort. <laughs> so Yonsei was actually probably doing the best she could. Okay. All right. Yonsei's a genius. And <laughs> yeah. I animorphed her unfairly. <laughs> yeah. No more. Yeah. The result is the verdict is stop animorphing Yonsei. Yeah. 
Okay. To robots dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like we've got a good, I feel like this is most of my dream knowledge. Do you? I'm curious as to what's like happening. Like what's, how are we seeing things? You know, how, how are we? How are we visualizing inside yeah, What's heads? happening in the brain? Like what's being released? You know, who's, who's there? Are we dreaming the whole time? <laughs> Do we only remember the REM dream because something's like taking notes oh, okay. and filing it away? A friend's ex-boyfriend told us the most harrowing tale, which I've forgotten the details of, but remember the feeling of being harrowed by it. I probably told you about this. We were having dinner with him and we were talking about lucid dreaming. It turned out he had a condition where his lucid dreaming was so, so bad and severe. He would see his dreams as he was awake and he was like in a literal waking nightmare. Oh my God. (laughs) No, it wasn't drugs. (laughs) His name was Jared. He was a very nice man. He was trying to, uh, he was doing a PhD, which involved curing cancer. So go Jared. I think it was Jared. I think it wasn't. Okay. Okay. So he's just walking around his everyday life. Yeah. Just being a human. And suddenly he just hallucinates. Kind of something like that. Is it like augmented reality? No. Are the dreams being projected? He was wearing a VR headset <laughs> and he was very confused. <laughs> no, is the dream being superimposed I can't re- onto reality? You're going to have so to. So he's just like looking at a room and suddenly like refer back to a my pig comment. with a violin jumps out of the thing. <laughs> yeah. Refer back to my comment where I said I can't remember the details. I remember feeling harrowed. I feel like we can't research this for the second half. I'll ask Ash, my partner who was there, and worse comes to worse. Jaron. His name was Jaron. No. Jaron. It was like Jammin. <laughs> I feel like you were closer with Jaron. Okay. <laughs> it was like Jammin. His name was Jammin. <laughs> no, it was his name. It was. No, it was keeping me laughing at Jammin. But that is his name. Jammin? Yes. Was he Jammin? <laughs> okay. Jammin. <laughs> no, it was his we name. We should get him in as a guest. Um, yeah, yeah. If you support us on our Patreon, we can get a guest on because <laughs> we can afford another mic. Support us so we can have Jamin, my friend's ex boyfriend, in. <laughs> I mean, he would be the perfect guest for this. <laughs> he would. All right. Anyway, back to what I'm curious about. Okay. <laughs> how Jamin. How do we remember our dreams? Well, we kind of don't. Like, as soon as you wake up, that's that whole thing. Like, if you don't like say it straight away, you can f- almost this weird thing. Do you, you have feel to, it like slipping away from you? You can feel like sand through an hourglass. You can These feel are the it. days of our dreams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can feel it. So you can feel the facts slipping away. Mm. Also, dreams are so scary, but you tell someone what was so scary about it, and it's never like it doesn't sound scary. But you're like because I felt it and believed it to be true, I was utterly terrified and then you say what the dream was and it's like a person said wear this hat you know it doesn't sound scary but in the dream it was truly so frightening you just switch to motivational speaking <laughs> i feel motivated and, and wait what, like what about that is motivating well like it says a lot about fear what <laughs> like it's in your We're head to replay back what i just said <laughs> to figure out where you got motivated well, you from said, as soon as you say it out loud it's not as scary anymore I'm motivated. Can you not take away my motivation? <laughs> okay, Katie's motivated. I feel like... Inspired. You missed the point of what I was trying to say. 
because I was too busy thinking about how I can apply this into my life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, what you interpret to be fearful in your dream, when you say it out loud, you wonder how in your waking life that would be scary. I think it's because in your dream, I think the things you see have a lot of like symbolic value or something. Like they provoke, it's almost like it's more than just what you're seeing. Like a whole emotional landscape is going on. I was saying earlier, I feel like, the feeling that this is profound no. is a chemical thing as opposed to actually what's happening. No, whatever. No, it's profound or scary or whatever. It's actually intense. A I don't think it's the actual visuals. I think it's just the emotions that your body is giving yes. through or whatever yes. chemical is coming out. Yes. It's very intense. Yeah, yeah. That intenseness I don't think has got anything to do with your dream. I think it's just the what your brain is pumping out. But I think that's because you're dreaming. Yeah, but I don't think it's a direct correlation between oh what you're seeing in your dream. Totally, that makes sense. Yes, so you're attributing, (laughs) yeah, you're attributing like the intense emotions that you seem to feel in a dream. Yes, to what you're seeing. Yeah, and that's why you come out thinking that that pig in a blanket means that you are going to become. What does that mean? <laughs> Let's try to do some dream interpretation. Oh, fun. I mean, we've gone over. Okay. Oh, it's 25. It's fine. Okay, quick story. Oh, yeah, cut some spits. Oh, right. Nah, cut out my story. I think like, mirrors are always self-reflection. What? If you see a mirror in a dream. Oh, no, give me give me some give me some of your dreams and I'll and I'll uh, interpret. Oh, well, one of them I feel like is really prophetic, where I dreamt that me and my business partner had to do a road trip in South Africa between one city and another. Uh-huh. And then I decided to go the cheap route. And instead of hiring a car and getting a hotel, I decided to hire three tables <laughs> with a motor <laughs> that we would drive and we would sleep on the tables. And we'd also double up the tables as a car. And we had a very, and then we were going with one of my flatmate's friends was there and he's kind of a loose unit. And he was like drunk and throwing things onto okay. it. Anyway, so there's a situation where I was driving three, three tables, tables down driving. the motorway of South Africa with my business partner and he was upset at me that I was cheaping out and not <laughs> booking a car and booking um Okay. So the, the symbolism of the three tables that struck me. I had to um hold back a scream. <laughs> When you said three tables. Because of the triangle? Because of the Last Supper <laughs> times three, three in Jesus. Oh, no. Cut this out. <laughs> it's become a bit of Tatiana. No, no, it's fine. I want to hear what my dreams mean. Okay. The three tables. This says to me the three tables of humanity. Fear, love, and food. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are driving humanity and your business partner is mad about it, this means you're going to be a very unpopular prime minister. That's what I'm getting out of your dream. So I should become an accountant. <laughs> you should. I. It's more like, I don't know if dream interpretation is meant to tell you what you should do. Maybe it is it. Why am I paying you all this money? <laughs> Sorry. You <laughs> should my money back. not run for prime minister. Okay, I won't. Cool. All right. Done. All right, your turn. I want to hear your dream. Okay. Um. Oh, so the one I had last night is one I can remember. Um, not really though. Oh, okay. So there was, I was living in a house and there was a big mansion house beside it and I was meant to be looking after it. And, oh, that's right. Then a friend from back in the day who I don't really like, so I, the, friend, the word friend is misapplied, was there purposefully destroying the really expensive house oh, wow. and going to get me in trouble. And a big banister thing had fallen over and I was looking through a telescope and there's a vampire in there and that's when I started to really want to wake up because the vampire was gonna do something probably suck my blood I don't know oh, it wasn't really a vampire just a very menacing presence and oh, that's really all I can remember 
Um, hang on, other thoughts. Oh, I think my dad was in it. I think dad was there. Yeah. All right, so we're dealing with some classics here. Yes. We're doing rich house, poor house. <laughs> yeah. Classic. You are fear of abandonment. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> where'd that come from? <laughs> Unexpected stranger from your past. Yes. Classic. You're dealing with a terminal illness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay. You probably did something that was a carcinogenic, like you smoked or you ate some raw meat. Oh, no, you're a vegetarian. I haven't so done either of those things. Ate some, like, charcoal. Yes. So, yeah. Illness coming your way. Um, what else is in your dream? Vampire, telescope. Uh-huh. Um, classic. You feel guilty about... <laughs> White supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because that's the thing. Like, dream interpretations are I always why. very general. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what, like, that person meant to you or what a house means to you or whatever. Mm. Like, the interpretation is always going to be generalized. And it always yeah. goes into specifics. Like, a red car means that you're going to meet – or that, that you're wanting. Yeah. It's, it's not really prophetic. It's more like it means that you've been lusting over a fertile – Elephant. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a good. That was a good dream reading. Yeah. Oh, it was a really scary dream. Oh. You know, it'd be fun in the second half. Did it sound scary? If we try and write down a dream, okay, and we actually interpreted it using oh, a yes, dream yes, interpretation manual, that could be the end of the second half. I would love to, to do keep that. people keep people buzzed. Yeah, and keep then we me buzzed. Up. <laughs> <laughs> then we take all the money. <laughs> yes. All right. That sounds good. All right. We'll, um, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. We're going to go away and do some extensive research and dreaming. Yes. We're going to dream big. We're going to research and we're going to sift through that detritus and we're going to come out with some files. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to figure out why Gabby likes fertile elephants. We've got a lot to unpack here and I'm excited to do it. Me too. All right. Bye. See you guys instantly. See you guys instantly. Right. Bye. Bye. And we're back. Hi, everyone. Back on the tracks. <laughs> um, so welcome to the second half. And here Charlotte is chomping at the bit to begin another second half with a rambling disclaimer. <laughs> it's become tradition and customary. <laughs> so I was distracted by Gabby <laughs> gestating. Gestating. <laughs> gestating. <laughs> yeah, I'm gestating. Yeah. <laughs> I've been criticized about laughing too much. Okay, yeah. I mean, just, no fun. This I mean, is... gesticulating. Isn't that a yeah. <laughs> Isn't that something with eggs? Yeah, I think it is. Is that when you're like producing milk? Yeah. No, no, that's um, lactating. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Gestation is um, the period of time between conception and birth. <laughs> By Gabby's the time period that Gabby is in before she gives birth to all the knowledge she has about dreams. Thank you. There we go. I saved it. No one's getting yeah. I said the wrong word. All right. So Charlotte wants to do the disclaimer. <laughs> I want to do the disclaimer. I know at the start of the episode we say we can research. This is my. <laughs> do you want to start that again? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Take two of the disclaimer. <laughs> um, we're not experts. <laughs> Don't come here claiming to be an expert. 
my legs are wrong. I'm sorry. Charlotte is once again feeling very unprepared. I'm sorry. We were just commenting before on the podcast how we end. Gabby the, made a good observation. Yeah, we end the first half being like we're essentially going to become experts. We have all of the stuff that we're interested in. We're mm-hmm. going to find out more about the science, the yep. psychology, every mm-hmm. hot take. Can't we're going to, to become academics. Books. Yeah. And then come to the day of the podcast. We've read a Wikipedia page and we're freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to harp on about it, but we're busy. <laughs> and I'm studying no one's every day. forcing us to do this. Everyone's forcing me to study. And I would like the, the vicious comments to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a lot of hate online. <laughs> from our mothers. <laughs> from um, my own self. All right. Well, part of, I feel. I mean, there is truth to your madness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Part of the charm of this podcast is that you obviously we're not becoming experts on all these subject matters. We're just elevating our, our own knowledge. knowledge and we're just engaging <laughs> no in knowledge. some learning. Any learning is learning. Yeah. Even though we're busy people with busy lives. That's a really good way to spin it to say the charm of something is bad. Like if you do something badly, you say it's the charm of it. Yeah, I mean, that's what people do in property. It is actually I mean, if real estate agents, and what are they giving to society aside from inflating house prices so the younger generation can't afford to buy their own home? (laughs) We should do a third podcast that's the disclaimer, because the disclaimer could really go on and on. And we start pointing fingers. Yeah. First we said it's part of the charm. Now we're saying... It's the real estate agents. The real estate agents are to blame. Yeah. Let's get into dreams. All right, dreams. So, um... I think we weren't, like, the first half wasn't a shit show. No, we said some things that, unfortunately, after researching, I was like, well, that's still pretty much yeah. what I think. I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, I don't concern. know why everyone's been faffing around so much, because no one actually knows why we dream. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, that's, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> so, first things first. So, end there of podcast. No, <laughs> and scene. Yeah. No one, yeah, there is no clear scientific consensus on why we dream. No one actually knows. It's a mystery. Yeah. But there's been some really good theories over the year. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe having a little quick overview of how we've interpreted dreams over the years. Yeah. So it seems like, you know, which we kind of thought in the first half anyway, but ancient civilizations and cultures from all around the world have been fascinated by dreams in many ways and have interpreted them. It seems like the general consensus is people have given higher meaning to dreams from the beginning of time, because it seems like it's either something prophetic, they're either a, a vessel in which we've been communicated with by a god or some other deity, mm. deity, 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 um, or that they are a second way of seeing. I think the ancient Egyptians believed that dreams were like, that there was the communication with the gods, yeah. but it was a different form of seeing. Mm. or interpreting the world. So we're still existing within the real world, but we're interpreting we're seeing it through dreams in a slightly different way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's since we've got records of anything, humans have been fascinated by their dreams and trying to understand what they mean and which makes sense often it's a way you can communicate with gods, just maybe the dead, just different spirits or things that you can't communicate with in day-to-day life. Yeah. And the dream is the realm where you can communicate. I didn't really go into this, but I kind of was aware of this. But so the Aboriginal people of Australia believe that the world that they live in is dreamed and exists through dream creation. 
Oh, the dream time. Yeah, so that yeah. the whole world, and including the things that dreamed it, were dreamed into existence. Mm. I know. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of things that are in the real world because of dreams. Like there's lots yeah, of Mesopotamian temples true. that have been built because – I mean, I think there was, there's been a lot of importance in people of power dreaming and what that means. Mm-hmm. So it seems like lots of cultures or civilizations had people like furiously, you know, writing down the dreams of like, That's you know, kings and point. pharaohs. Despite, despite the fact, and despite the fact, <laughs> that we don't know why we dream, what we can definitely say is that regardless of why we do it or not, they have massively impacted cultures. Yeah. people really do import a lot of meaning yeah. into dreams. And, I mean, a lot of things have come out of dreams. Like, it's said that Paul McCartney dreamt of the melody of, like, yesterday, mm-hmm. um, and that's where that song came from, and there's lots of examples of that. You know, there was the temples that I mentioned earlier. There was also... There was some scientific theory that I've forgotten, but someone, The periodic table. Like, was it, someone was dreamed... Was it the periodic table? Oh, like, I think uh, it was, something like, different. It wasn't the periodic table, but it was something. Oh, uh, there was... There's the periodic table came to, I forgot who it was, in a dream. Like, essentially, he saw it in a dream when he woke yeah, up. Yeah, like, there was something else that wasn't the periodic table, but it's also involved in the realm of science. Like, it was yeah. like a sequence. And now we know that there's a lot of studies around the problem-solving yeah. benefits of dreams. There's been yes. lots of yes. studies of, like, mice and mazes and uh, three mm-hmm. humans. Um Having to, you know, those who were given the opportunity to nap and then dream um, between iterations of problem solving that they were better off afterwards. Yeah. Which like kind of goes. Like 10 times better off as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is so this is leading us into the theories of why we dream. So yeah. We get into the big ones. Yeah. So before we go into the theories, it's more like we understand there are definite benefits to dreaming. Well, yes. there's definite benefits to sleeping. Yes. And then what is the dreaming component of sleeping? Yeah. Add to that. Well, yeah. I think a good way of splitting it is are dreams a primary function or are they incidental from a different function? So one kind of the theory that I, from my research, seem to be maybe the most widely held, which is about memory storage yeah, and that we dream to store memories. It's kind of what I said in the first part of the podcast. It's your brain without any stimulation and it's the subconscious part of your brain sorting through what it's seen during the day and figuring out what it needs to store. Yeah. And so there's the idea that dreams are like an incidental part of this process. So the subconscious brain is doing the process of going through what you've seen during the day, figuring out which things to store and which things to get rid of, like which connections you've made to get rid of. Yeah. And that electrical activity alerts your conscious brain. Your conscious brain is a sense-making I don't know, organ. That's what the brain does. It tries to make sense of things and make sense of patterns. So it gets those electrical uh, <clears throat> impulses and tries to make sense of them. Yeah. That's why dreams kind of follow some sort of structure but don't make any sense. Yeah. And there's also the idea that we cannot possibly remember and recall every single memory that we store. So this consolidation is important into like optimizing our brain functions that yeah. we're not spending all this time storing every single thing that we mm. come across yeah, yeah, in every day. So yeah, this filing away of memory is very important into making sure that we're not like faffing around and yeah. using our brains for things that aren't going to. Um, but the distinction that I was making there, so that is the idea that dreams aren't a primary function. They're just sort of, it's a, just a conscious brain accidentally picking up on those electrical activities. But there's yeah. some people say that it's a primary function that we do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the other um, theory that we had was the um, emotional um, 
So it's not only mm -hmm. about storing and, and problem solving in terms of physical problems or mm -hmm. like, um, but there is an emotional component that dreams are necessary for us to us to sort through the and wade through our emotions and problems. Yeah. So if we're having a particular heightened emotion towards something that yeah. a dream would help us. And I think this goes into the kind of, I think it's the defense theory where we play out a scenario mm -hmm. and it's said to have had some sort of survival kind of component yeah. that we're able to play out a scenario. Yeah, people think it's, it's, it's activating our fight or flight. So the amygdala, which is a part of your brain, oh, that this is a very basic, I think, basic description of the amygdala, but it controls fight or flight. Well, it's associated with fear. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty active during dreams. So it's more active during dreams. So people think that we're playing out frightening situations. So I think we talked about how I always had bad dreams. And I'm mm. sure your research turned up the same thing. That That is just very, very common. Yeah. Most dreams of the are amygdala. about anxiety. Yeah. 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 Most dreams are about stress. And also we tend to remember stress dreams more than we oh, really? remember other dreams. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of people have thought that this could be a, a, a reason why we're, po or we're pointing to, you know, stress and anxiety being closely linked to dreams and why, you know, it is a way for us to sort through. Um, so it kind of proves, well, some people see it as a way of proving the theory that it's a way for us to either play out scenarios in our dreams so we yep. could, you know, uh, be better at defending ourselves yep. or play out some emotional compli uh, complication and be able to come to some sort of resolution when we wake up. Yeah. But this could also just mean that because when we're stressed, we don't sleep well and we tend to mm. wake up more during the night. So yep. we actually just remember our, our dreams. dreams more. Yeah. Um, and also when we're stressed, we tend to be... So we tend to let the outside world um, leak into our dreams because, you know, there is a, yes. an argument to be had that being able to hear a sound in the real world is important when you're in a situation of stress. So yeah. if you're sleeping and there's some sort of danger, true. so there's, there's more of a chance that the real world is going to seep into your dreams when you're stressed as well. Mm. Um, and so um, it's more likely that this like strong sensory information that's coming into your dream helps you remember it because it is something that's happening. Yeah. So like people can like the sound of their alarm. Yeah. And I think we see this in TV a lot. Like yeah. uh, like a sound yeah, from yeah. real life is entering our dreams. That I seems read something on Reddit where someone said they heard their alarm and in their dream they started like they were a DJ and they were like remixing their alarm. <laughs> <laughs> it was how the alarm like weaved itself into their dream. I don't think it was very well, that does sound very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That so a great dream. it could just be that. Yeah, we remember stress, stress dreams more because we wake up more mm. and we tend to wake up in those pivotal points of sleep where we can recall those dreams. Um, yeah. One sort of thing I was reading about the idea that we're doing with training for uh, fight or flight when we dream said that people who have more like scary dreams are more evolved. So I have in my notes, I am superior. <laughs> As I said repeatedly in the first half, I only have nightmares. So by that logic... Have you thought of me as someone who is particularly well prepared for stress in real life? No. <laughs> well, that there's this proven. <laughs> You're I not dreaming be. properly, obviously. But according to that theory, I am. But yeah, I so the thing they that whole like emotional thing. There's apparently we produce less of the stress emotion than we're dreaming, so people think that's why it's like a therapist thing. So you're playing out potentially harmful things you've been through. Yeah. But you're dealing with them with less stress and less other stimuli. So it's like you can heal yourself better. So maybe that's why like good sleep is really helpful for like post-traumatic stress recovery. Also, there's just, there are no repercussions. 
you're yeah. asleep, you're dreaming. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't matter. But it's like it's like playing a video game. Like essentially, you can replay yeah, but it's something. It's like taking real stresses from your real life and yeah. you allowing you to deal with them with less stress being produced in your body. Then maybe that can like lead you to have a better understanding of it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a that's a pretty. But like again, I think a lot of people um, criticize these theories. Quite strongly. Did you also get? I get the impression that the memory storage um, theory is like the most credible. No, I really like this theory by this. This is a neuroscientist from Stanford University called David Eagleman, and he had this theory, which was the defense activation theory, mm-hmm. to protect our vision, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that was really interesting. That um, essentially, you know, we have all these connections in our brains uh, between neurons, and they. <laughs> keep changing all the time. So our brain is plastic, you know, and, you know, it's there's this, I don't think it's highly adaptive and they call it live wiring. Your brain is like always like shifting and changing and creating like kind of new pathways and new um, bonds between neurons and finding new patterns. Those can become Mm -hmm. like weaker and um, stronger. Um, And we see how, you know, our brains are. I think we've. I think neuroscientists are more thinking that that specific part of the brains. It's not f- as fixed as we think it is. So our visual cortex at the back of the brain is not necessarily fixed as solely visual. And we see this when someone has, like, uh, they, they can't see. They uh-huh. realize how yeah. that brain, that part of the brain, is then used for them using like. Um, uh, what do you uh, some some another form to kind of replace um, what that sense could do? So maybe using echo as a way to like um, find their way around, mm. which is not something that like we think that humans can do. But according can to they? so according to like David Eagleman's research, um, that people who are restricted in sight have been shown to be able to use echo to kind of navigate away around the world. And it's that part of the brain that is no longer in use because it's dormant essentially, the visual cortex that is yeah. used to allow this, yeah. which kind of like makes this like highly adaptive live wiring theory even more interesting. So essentially because they can't see, it's like unlocked another <laughs> power that we have essentially as humans, so what which is, is really interesting. So what does this mean about dreams? So um, – Essentially, when we're asleep, yeah. like dreams could be uh, – so sorry, I'm like – this is a pretty difficult thing to wrap my head around, so okay. I'm trying to like um, understand it as I say it. You should have um, sleep and then dream about it. Yeah, I should. proven to help. Um, but much. the idea is that dreams have – are like a very – like the circuitry that happens in our brains in sleep is very precise. Mm-hmm. There's, there's like very precise functions. There's very precise stages of sleep that we have yep. and they all are very different to one another. Yeah. And um, REM, basically our, our brains are as alive as when we're awake and there's more flexibility in the brain during um, REM sleep. Um, and it's been shown when we have like parts of our life. So the older we get, the less yeah. plastic or flexible our brains are yeah. to the less REM sleep we have. Mm-hmm. And whilst younger kids, like a bigger percentage of their sleep patterns is REM sleep. And mm. children tend to have more kind of vivid dreams that are associated mm-hmm. with REM sleep than people who are older. Um, and so the idea is that we are like in a world where um, every night we get just get 12 hours of darkness. Mm-hmm. And we had to have our brains need to adapt to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
we're cast into darkness for 12 hours a day. So our visual cortex or this part of our brain that's responsible for seeing things is mm-hmm. understimulated because mm-hmm. no visuals are coming in because we're just seeing nothing. Yeah. So we have to protect our brain from that part of the brain been used for something else essentially. So if right. we during so we need to defend our visual cortex and its functionality so it works as well as it always has uh, and okay. not have that part of the brain been used for something else. So like echo relocation or whatever it would be. Right. So the idea is that our dreams are creating Keeping a very it. visual yeah. um, set of images that we need to see, we need to interpret, we need to file. And this is the defense activation theory is essentially mm. that our brain is creating images so we're continuing to use our brain to see things visually and they've done tests where people who can't see they have their dreams are very kind of sound focused or another sense focused because that's something that that they need to they primarily use their brain to um, interpret that and Mm. use it to interpret the world so it's and because of how precisely it's wired into our brain it seems that it has a significant evolutionary advantage that we keep using our brain in that way in our brain and I think they've done tests where they've like I don't really remember this exactly but where they've blindfolded people for Mm -hmm. like short or long periods of times and completely cut out their ability to see Mm -hmm. and how it's heightened some other senses or they're able to do things they weren't necessarily supposed to do that Mm -hmm. in that it's weakened their ability to like use their like sense of seeing as well so I kind of like it this um this theory because it's essentially um our so dreams are a way of us adapting to the fact that you know it's dark for half a day there mm. seems to be a more specific kind of evolutionary advantage to I it I did have a two sentence thing sort of like on there it was like dreams to keep our brains working so the dreams are the result of the brains need to be creating yeah yeah, and I mean, uh, they could be... Cause so it's, it just uses its memory bank to create stuff. So that's yeah. why we dream of things that we've already seen. Yeah, and we're seeing... and we, It's 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 boring, essentially. It's not that exciting. Oh, dreams are boring. Dreams are not boring. Well, uh, like, dreams are tend to be more boring than we think they are. I think we, we interpret our dreams. We can people. We can all agree they're boring. Yeah, dreams are but super when boring. when you're experiencing them, because you're experiencing the emotional stuff as well. That's what yeah. makes them so intense it's because it's you're really experiencing something not just watching it i mean that's exactly what's happening on the brain especially the um the limbic system which is in the midbrain which deals with emotions that's what's heavily activated while we're dreaming and the amygdala is uh, especially um Mm. active and as we said before this is the one that's associated with free uh with fear Mm. and is very active during dreams and the frontal lobes are less active and we use those to um, be more critical mm. so we're quite uncritical of our dreams so essentially we're having a very kind of visual emotional fear-based response to these visual stimuli mm. but there isn't anything that, uh, like our frontal con- cortex which is awake it just is kind of diminished maybe mm. it's not being like actually that's boring or actually mm. that that couldn't happen sense, yeah. that doesn't make sense actually so we think of our dreams as being far more prophetic or far more exciting than they actually are because we have such a, an emotional interaction interpretation of them mm. um and that's but that's more like what's happening in the brain while we're dream yeah. dreaming that's less it's less pointing to this is the particular function of a dream in our survival mum said so she did do not really she said she lectures would be horrified if she said she did dream interpretation she definitely didn't they talked a bit about dreams when she was studying to be a psychologist so and we were talking about this the other day so she her understanding is it is just it's memory storage and it's getting rid of unnecessary connections. 
that so we're talking about so she's like so they don't mean anything but we were, but then she was like she said in her analogy I said I'd repeat the analogy was if you're cleaning a piano and you accidentally get to bump some keys oh shit what was the analogy you're gonna make like some sounding like a song is gonna or like music is gonna come from that and your brain's gonna put that into some sort of like musical interpretation yeah so maybe like dreams don't mean anything if it is just your brain picking up electrical impulses from a subconscious process but how your brain chooses to like take those images that it's getting or those electrical impulses and like string them together does say something about you. Yeah. Or does say something about how your brain works. So, you know, there could be on like thinking of it in that way, then who you are as a person does dreams do reveal something about you. Yeah. So maybe not in the way we think. And But it could be just also just very linear. Like I saw that in a study, it, it came out that men dream more about men mm. than uh, and women dream equally about men and women. And it kind of points to a society where men are more prominent mm-hmm. in a man's world. Yeah, like that makes sense. And a woman, yeah. Like, yeah, so it, it kind of makes sense societally, but it comes yes. out in our dreams. Essentially, yeah. you're dreaming about men all the time. Yeah, yeah. Even though you're a man. And, yeah, some people might, you know, like especially Freud, who we should talk about. You can talk about Freud. But Freud would say that that would be your id or your inner desire coming out. You're going to... Um, acting out your... Do some Freudian, the Freudian understanding of dreams. And one thing that I thought was interesting that I want to chuck in with the discussion of like memory storage and stuff and like working through, or just, yeah, another thing that was interesting about the memory creating and like storing function of potential function of dreams is apparently if you do a challenging activity during the day and they can measure the electrical activity in your brain whilst you're doing that challenging activity, when you hit REM sleep, they can see the exact same repetition of yeah. those electrical impulses. So it's like very like, isn't that crazy? Like your brain, your dreaming brain really does go back and go through yeah. the same thought pattern that you did when you're struggling with something. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this in the first part of the podcast. And if I do, I apologize. Mm. But um when I was younger and we would spend the day at like a water park or, yeah. or like a, a theme park, which was always like a very exciting, highly stimulating activity. When I'd yeah. go to sleep, I could just feel myself going through the rides again. Oh, I don't think and going through the corners and going through Yeah. And so then then oh, that's so where brain I had, was literally just replaying. Yeah. It. And that's where that nightmare that I was talking to about the other day where I'm in this never ending you know water that tube. Is like my I've been talking about this nightmare since I was like a teenager. I didn't have dreams about it. It was just a huge fear I had. And when I went down water slides until I saw the end, I would be terrified. Yeah. Well, I just had dreams. And I mean, like, it is maybe something that, like, is common between it's us. It's a claustrophobic dream. No, I was going to say on your point, that I think there were, the, like, tests where they made people play um, Tetris. Mm-hmm. And um, people, even people would play Tetris and they would dream about Tetris afterwards. Mm. But even people who had, like, severe memory loss problems yeah. where they wouldn't remember playing Tetris during the day yeah. would um, say they were dreaming of blocks and shapes ah. and falling blocks and falling shapes, wow. which was really interesting. interesting. So there's something about that like pattern that we're going yeah. through that we're dreaming about. Yeah. And then there's been those tests that we mentioned earlier about mice that go through mazes and, you know, they're able to that solve really them better sad. after their dream. I'm presuming you read the same one as I did. So they put mice on like a tiny little surface area in water so the mice couldn't sleep so their bodies were like to fall into the water and drown. So they sleep deprived of them. I know it was so sad. Yeah. And then they'll put them in the maze and then compared to a mice that had slept, um, it would be able to get through the maze and the one that hadn't couldn't get through it. Also, apparently, 
if you dream about the maze, you're going to do better than someone who's also dreamed but not dreamed about the maze. Yeah. Which, again, just makes sense with your brain literally repeating those electrical impulses that your brain did whilst you learned the maze the first time. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and that kind of... If you take any way away from this, take a big study tip. Like, dream about something that you struggled with. Yeah. Maybe that's why I always have those law dreams. But then that's an interesting thing. That just makes the whole, like, the idea of, like, dreams having an evolutionary advantage in us playing out problems and problem Mm. solving. That makes that theory seem more engaging than just simply, because, I mean, there is an obvious benefit to dreaming and um, then being able to problem solve. Oh, yeah, but it's also memory formation. Like, we need memories. Yeah. (laughs) There's a big advantage that we can remember what happened the previous day. So really interestingly, I think the common, like, held theory was that our dreams were – our brains were completely shut off when we were asleep. Mm. And like the rest of our body, we go into the sense of paralysis and our brains are shut off. And it wasn't until the 1950s where – there was a, there was the the EEG machine which um, allows you to measure electrical impulses in the brain, mm-hmm. um, and I think there were two scientists, um, which I wrote their name, Nathaniel Kleitman and Eugene Asinski, who pioneered sleep research. And this is when the first time we really realized how awake our brains were during the sleep, mm-hmm. and they were able to put those different stages of sleep, um, those four stages of sleep. Um, um, and, and see them being acted out and seeing how precise the timing of those stages were and how they would, you know, be in succession. And they were the ones who, you know, coined REM sleep mm. because they, our bodies were, so that's rapid eye movement. Yeah. Um, our bodies were completely paralyzed, which was yeah. a surprise to them, but our eyes were moving like yeah. crazy, watching our dreams and following our dreams. So they also called this paradoxical sleep. So mm. REM sleep and paradoxical sleep were interchangeable terms for that state of dreaming. Um, which was really interesting. But before then, we just thought we were like, our brains were switched off. Yeah. And then dreams were... And I think that opens us up to thinking that dreams were being From placed... God or- yeah. But that earlier than that, so in that 1899, was mm. when Freud's interpretation of dreams book came out. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the different personalities, I guess, the ego, the super ego, and the id, yeah. all playing huge factors in us. Yes. And you talked about the unconscious mind versus the conscious mind in reality. Mm-hmm. And our unconscious mind or the id would have all these repressed, mm-hmm. usually like highly sexual desires mm-hmm. and dreams were an ability for us to... The biggest Freudian slip of all time was like everything Freud said. Yeah, no, but like <laughs> I'm saying that, I mean, their research team seems to show like the credibility to what Freud was saying because he was he wasn't saying that our dreams he was talking about the unconscious mind as our mind is awake while we're sleeping mm. so and then in the 50s when they were actually realizing that this was true yeah it kind of brought a lot of credit to what Freud was saying and in terms of us interpreting things now when it comes to like the interpretation of dreams yeah, and the symbols yeah. that he used that's yeah. when Freud stuff is like Freud's kind of yeah uh, like strongly discredited, discredited. but there's Actually, a lot of stuff I need there. To jump in here urgently. Yeah, I gave an analogy of how it was discredited by saying Galileo, Galileo thought the Earth was flat. Oh yeah, quick big disclaimer: Galileo did not think the Earth was flat. Um, I thought Galileo thought the Earth was flat. I was wrong, and I'd like to apologize to Galileo, his family, his fans. I messed up. Yeah, um, so you probably just got that confused with Galileo thinking that the. The, so at the time, the primary thought was... I guess an old scientist thought the world was flat. Oh, yeah, like but I mean, Galileo thought that 
well, rightly had said that the Earth revolves around the sun. Because at the time, like yeah, the way that we I had know. drafted up our, our, research him. Yeah, our solar system <laughs> was that the Earth was in the center and everything else revolved around yeah. that, including the Earth and the moon. I just wanted to apologize to Galileo, really. Yeah, no, I think he would appreciate you and the Pope <laughs> yeah. have both come <laughs> yeah. out oh, to apologize to Galileo. And that's where the comparison <laughs> ends between me and the Pope apologizing <laughs> for things. He's been apologizing for a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, so Galileo wasn't trying to defy God no, and say wasn't. all these crazy things like God and his creation so isn't at the center of the universe. I need to come up with another analogy to describe how Freud is discredited, but I don't know enough about science to have one. So yeah, I mean, I, I think... The scientist here who thought the world was split, he's an idiot, so it's broke. From like, it seems like, I don't mean, I don't know about, a lot about psychology and psychiatry, but it's more like building on the works of Freud rather than discrediting, mm. you know, entirely what he yes, said. Sure. But the interpretation of dreams is, it has a very like narrow focus in sexual repression yes. and lots of imagery being interpreted in many ways. And I think one of the funnest tangents that I had was yeah. this whole relationship between Freud and Jung. So, um, and they're like massive. So, you know, uh, Freud was quite well known at the time. I think this is the early 1900s and Jung was like a young Swedish uh, yeah. uh, psychologist who had met Freud. And apparently the first time they met, they spoke for 13 hours and had this like crazy oh. friendship, which I really enjoyed yeah. like following where they were like, like best friends and did everything and they used to like live with each other and write down each other's dreams and interpret them <laughs> all the way into this like typical young then, in the holes. <laughs> yeah young then sent freud this letter where he thought of freud um as a father figure uh-huh. but then also in his research he had written about how every man wants to kill his father so freud had seen this as like a huge <laughs> a <death> insult <laughs> no he did apparently they were having coffee together mm-hmm. and at some point he mentioned uh, i think uh yeah freud thought that young was saying something along the lines that he was going to kill him he like mentioned like a sphinx i don't know what it was and it was like and then freud fainted in the cafe and had to be revived (laughs) which was very dramatic it was their friendship is so dramatic and then they send like letters to each other being like i will never talk to you again (laughs) it's so good and i actually like if i've been dreaming you dreaming of you as a father figure like crazy yeah (laughs) take that as you will young didn't discredit um what freud was saying but he was more like saying there's probably more to it than you know sexual repression you know there's probably a lot more that people are saying and also Mm. he discredited well didn't discredit but he like had a huge a question mark around the fact that there's like a universal truth put on a certain like object whether or not like everyone who Mm. dreams about a a carrot is thinking of a penis like young was like uh it's very individual to the individual people who are going through but there's a lot of things i think fraud interpretation wasn't just a linear i think in the first half it was more like you know we were thinking that you know you dream of a red door it means death but it wasn't really there was also a lot of ideas around displacement where you're essentially letting other characters act out what you want to do in your dreams and projection and then a way of consolidating information which is something that's actually coming up now in these mm. theories of like yeah. uh, why do we dreams but ultimately it lets our repressed selves come out and play <laughs> which is really fun yeah um this actually i believe you've done so me and gabby both given each other a dream that we had well, this is the fun part of the podcast the fun part of the podcast yeah. um do you want to go first mine's pretty boring i feel like it was gonna be more fun so yeah so i guess firstly um i'm just gonna make sure that i've like covered everything i want to say about dreams um, I'm sorry for anyone's name. Oh, I've said wrong. Night terrors are not dreams. I had them as a child. Oh yeah. Um, I talked to mum about it. Apparently, I throth and my eyes would roll back. So night terrors are terrifying. They're really common. Kids have them all the time, and it happens during the transition from deep non-REM sleep into REM sleep. It's part mm. of this transition period, and so your body's not paralyzed. 
So you can see the kid acting in extreme terror. Like, it'd be horrible. That's kind of like sleep paralysis. But, but they're of, not paralyzed. They're yeah. acting it out. So you can see them, yeah, like, in the opposite. utter terror. Yeah. Mm. But they never remember it. They'll never remember it because not they don't they're not classified as dreams. Anyway, Mum said I would talk about mowers. I was really in my oh, night wow. terrors. I'd be crying about mowers, and I remember that I was scared of mowers, like the extinct New Zealand native bird. They are scary. They're, they're scary. huge. Yeah, I anyway. can see them being scared. Yeah, dogs do this a lot. They twitch around in yeah. their sleep. So oh, they do. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if there's night terrors. Ask yeah. Um, right. yeah. So Charlotte's dream. Yes. So Charlotte had a dream. This is a bit of a while ago because we've put off doing this podcast because various life things is going in the way. Charlotte had a dream yes, that she was on Willis Street, which is a street um, here in Wellington, New Zealand, yes. standing outside Holy Bagels. Yes. And then call. our Fuhrer, Jacinda Ardern, <laughs> walked past waving and smiling. So I like this. It was like she's just walking casually on the street and then waving and smiling yes. like the queen. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But behind her, there were hordes of people yelling at her. It was so mean. And they were so mean. Aww. And then Charlotte realized to her dismay that one of them was her neighbor, Nicole. Nicola. Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> also called Nicole in the dream state. <laughs> um, who had been a long-time Labour supporter and now hurling all this abuse at poor yeah. Jacinda. I was honestly, I was like, Nicola, how could you? And then Cindy comes and introduces herself and then some boring stuff happens. And then um, Charlotte's partner, Ash, and Cindy get introduced. Uh-huh. And Ash is potentially not as excited as he should be, not realising that he was the leader of the... No, no, I don't think that was part of the dream. No, don't try and paint Ash as a good person. <laughs> no, anyway, Ash and Cindy decide to bond over doing... No, um, she's like, I'm the head of state. And then Ash, and I was like... Oh, Great. Now we've got something to talk about because Ash is uh, also head of state. Uh, he's the head of media at school. <laughs> no, I just, I just thought he was head of state. Oh, okay. okay. It was so a dream. Ash was, I didn't understand her <laughs> rambling of her dreams. Anyway, stop interrupting. I <laughs> <laughs> got my dream wrong. <laughs> so Ash and Jacinda do a hongi. Now I'm going to give a two hour. Okay, what is what is a good description of a hongi? It's oh, a, it's, it's a Maori greeting. Yeah. So it's also it's passing of energy. So it was when you put your, fork, sharing your nose, breath. sharing breath. Yeah. So yeah, you bring your your heads together. Yeah. So anyway, they try to do this but failed miserably. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Um, and then Jacinda introduced him to her baby. Yep. Who was a boy? Jacinda yes. has a famously a girl, <laughs> and Shard commented on how much he looks like baby. Yeah. Yeah. And then the dream ends with um, child watching on TV mm-hmm. the dream play out, but in a different scenario no, no. of Ash and... I was watching Jacinda and Ash at a state event because both heads of state and they pulled off the hongi and I was stoked oh, to them. So okay, well, this like completely it. ruins everything of my interpretation because <laughs> you type like a... You not understand it. But anyways, and then she had a secondary dream where she was saving alligators from other alligators. So me and Charlotte were like crocodiles. saving them. You said alligators. Oh, okay. But we can do crocodiles because I actually changed it to crocodiles because that makes more sense in Egyptian interpretation. Okay, good. So we'll start off with the bagels, clear phallic symbol. (laughs) I think Freud would have had a wet dream over your dreaming of bagels. Bagels are like round circles. (laughs) It's the missing of the fallacy. That's the whole thing. It's repression. Your bagel is a void. It's a hole. So you are sad that you don't have a penis, essentially, because you're just a hole. (laughs) So as a woman, you're repressed and you have penis envy, essentially. So nothing is more classic than that, Mm -hmm. than a bagel. I'm such a basic bitch. Yeah, yeah. And then you see Jacinda walking by. Yes. And here you are projecting. (laughs) (laughs) You're thinking of your own self-importance and your own, and how you want to come across as smiling. Yes. And excited to see other people. I'm smiling and excited right now. Yeah. And then the hordes of people yelling at Jacinda are not 
criticism on Jacinda, but actually a criticism of you. Why don't I even And the people that, that you think are criticizing and yelling at you. It's Nicola. No, but Nicola switches things around again okay. because this is going a bit into Young's theory mm. about what you, what Nicola means to you. Yeah. So Nicola is you. <gasps> so you are projecting and displacing yourself into Nicola. It's so I everyone. think this is all about you're projecting your I'm hate of Eddie Jacinda Murphy Ardern. In that Norton film, Norbert. Yeah, ex- precisely. <laughs> so you're projecting your hate of Jacinda Ardern. Displacing, <laughs> you're calling her tax cinder <laughs> for essentially becoming more centrist in the last election mm. and not living up to the labor principles that you hold so dear. So, yes. by seeing oh, a trusted good. neighbor and yeah, a friend, maybe? once a devout labor mm. supporter, actually, like yeah, yelling at Jacinda, it means that it's your disillusionment in your society and crumbling as a result of the last election. Um, Whoa. Um, and then Ash and her doing a hongi and failing is white guilt. Yep. Like classic white <laughs> guilt. could not be more white guilt. Yeah. New baby is just, you're baby crazy. <laughs> 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 and you're always going to dream about a baby. <laughs> and I like, and I thought the whole, that you were watching the dream on the TV. Yeah. So I thought there was like a quote in the Old Testament that's saying that if God sends you a dream twice, he really means it. Oh. So I thought it was something along those lines where you were like re-watching the dream so happening really again. So God really memed your guilt. Of white guilt. Right. Of yeah. watching Jacinda <laughs> and Ash. Um, but then they successfully hongied. So what does that mean? I didn't go into the good stuff. <laughs> Dreams are not allowed about that. No. Anyways, um, and then you were dreaming of saving crocodiles or alligators from other alligators. So from the credible source of snoring.com, <laughs> a dream interpretation website. Um, it, uh, dreaming of crocodiles or alligators is a sign of hidden instinct within yourself. Ooh. Treachery or deception will be prevalent in your life. Oh, shit. But if you take an ancient Egyptian looking, dreaming about, so let's pretend you're a man because it's more exciting in ancient Egyptian <laughs> culture and in many cultures to be a man. Yes. Eating the flesh of the crocodile is good. It means you will become an official, someone important, like Ooh. a tax collector. Hell yeah. Also, the crocodile is a symbol under. of Sobek, which is an Egyptian god mm. that is associated with the power of the pharaoh. It's got the head mm. of an alligator, body of a man, and it's also associated with the fertility of the Nile. Associated. <laughs> <laughs> and that is my deep analysis into your dreams. I loved it. Thank you. Um, I also used like another very credible source of Google. And just Googling what does it mean you dream this? Because I tried to find like a comprehensive like dream guide to follow. You have to buy them. You have to buy them or you have to have someone who dreams about like amethyst, you know, like all the words that they had, like <laughs> none of your words really popped up. So yeah, like, sorry for not dreaming about yeah, amethyst. Yeah. <laughs> this is a side. I don't know if we should even go. I also this. don't know the names of the different gems. So I'd just be like red rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read out Gabby's dream because I've got it in front of me. So she was in high school. She's still 30, but she has to go back to finish some last module so she can graduate. She gets a call from a big gaming company in Norway saying they love the game that her and Byron can made. I, can I interject here because you interject a lot? No. And instead and of, they, yeah. I have no recollection of this dream. I wrote this when I first woke up and I do not remember Oh, this, this is exciting. Probably yeah, just so I'm not going to interject and <laughs> correct like you did. Um, so they get a call from a big game, blah, blah, blah. Norway, love the game that her and Byron made. And they're going to fly her up to Norway to attend a conference for six days. Now that really struck, stuck out to me and the Whoa. internet. <laughs> <laughs> 
A girl in my class sent him the game without me knowing. I was a bit nervous they won't take me seriously because she mentioned I was still in high school and you can't go because you have a baby that someone left behind to look after. So you go talk to Byron to go in your place and Byron's played by George, your old flatmate. Byron George hates Norway and meeting new people, so you have to go. The girl, who's from Shameless... Offers to look after the baby. Now you're waiting for a callback from the Norway people and they told you if you miss their call, you miss your spot so you can't do anything. And you can't shower or sleep or swim in the ocean or change the baby or go to class in case your phone rings. That was your dream. Or swim in the ocean? Yeah. That also. I honestly can't remember this at all. When I said it to you, did you start to remember it? Did no. It really? No, I can't remember it at all. I remember typing the message to you. <laughs> So I, what I did is I just kind of uh, I picked out the buzzwords for me and then looked up what they meant. Now, first things first. Absolutely no one in the history of the internet has ever dreamt about Norway. Norway Whoa. means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Norway means nothing. Not even to dream. the ancient Egyptian. What about Mesopotamians? <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, didn't care about it. <laughs> so the first person to ever dream what about, about the Norway. Vikings? <laughs> yeah. So dreaming of an unfamiliar child or caring for an unknown baby. So you acquired a baby. Uh, portrays a growth or emergence of a new side of you. Now, what I've done here is I've taken my interpretation and the internet's interpretation and I've created a cohesive narrative. I think that makes sense. That's how science is done. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got a growth or emergence of a new side of you. Wow. Yes. The game shows a deeper movement towards integration. (laughs) Now, there's no need for me to elaborate what that means. Oh, I completely understand. (laughs) That makes sense. Now. Growth or emergence of a new side of me? Is that gaining weight? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe the movement towards deeper integration. That could be. That, could, that sounds like making muscle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, the body of water. So the fact you couldn't go into Bodies of water are the unconscious. Classical symbols of the unconscious and the unknown or untapped mm. and fearful aspects that you hold within the psyche. Now, as you'll remember, you couldn't go into anything with water. Showers. No. Oceans. Nothing. So you wow. couldn't get into your, you were not, you were blocking off the unconscious. You were not moving into your untapped My region. id. Yeah, it's it. locked. Now, to dream of high school, uh, it can be just anxiety about gaining power, resource, or status, or it, mean that, or it may mean that you have too much concern with developing power or status. Now, as I was reading this, honestly, I was freaking out. I was screaming because I was starting to see a pattern what this dream meant. <laughs> Now, dreaming about a foreign country, it's the best I could do because absolutely no hits for Norway <laughs> dreaming. Uh, may mean that your changes are occurring within your life or that they need to take place in order for you to move forward or that you're working too hard. So Makes sense. You, Everything checks out. Yeah. <laughs> and dreaming of noticing deception, namely the Byron George character in all of this. Wow represents that you're feeling that someone or something in your waking life is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I interpreted that as being that Byron is not <laughs> doing what he's supposed to be doing. Because <laughs> that seemed pretty obvious to me. It also seemed mm. it may reflect that you attempt to sidestep rules. And it also I was like, that could be true too. <laughs> but wow. then I thought, no, it can't be. I've never felt more seen. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's how I strung them all together. And in a way, my stringing all of them together does not really use much of it. Where is it? I wrote it down. I can remember off the top of my head. The six instantly alerted me to the fact that the call that you got was from the devil. Oh, wow. We know that the devil is six. He likes sixes. 
Because it sounds like... You can't get enough of it. You got three of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I'm getting is you got a call from the devil and you weren't sure about taking it because you had this baby, that this emergence of a new growth within you. What I'm seeing is that this dream is a prophecy. You're going to get a call from a big company offering you lots of money, but it's going to be immoral. Byron doesn't want anything to do with it. He's a good guy. He's, He's like, no way. Worst business partner ever. <laughs> yeah. What does he want? He doesn't like Norway. <laughs> As we know, Norway's the devil. In yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got this baby. That represents like the new, the emergence, the new growth is you've got a conscience. And you've wow. got like positive. You know that the baby is what you should be doing. You should be looking after the baby. But you're not going to, and you're going to ignore your unconscious that's not going into the shower in the ocean. You're going to ignore the part of you that's telling you, yeah, you, sh- you shouldn't take all this money, but you do it anyway. Well, that sounds great. I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and, 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 and I think I wrote particularly down, I think Nestle is going to offer to buy make ripples. Oh. I'd mic drop if I could. Thanks, Nestle. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean we can use or a be purple? Our Patreon. Oh, that's Cad- Cadbury because we use purple. I'm going to make sure. Okay. It's Hopefully the, it's Cadbury. The Cadbury purple. But that is what I thought your dream meant. I think it, I think it was what. It's interesting that that dream interpretation yeah. is like very prophetic. It's more like a horoscope. It's not really about like what could yeah. this mean that you feel. It's more like this is going to happen to you. Yeah, I was definitely get a, um I think the sites I was on were people who would like predictors of the future. I feel credible sources, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, they were. And I mean, the fact that I kind of just took that and ignored it and then made up my own story is also credible. Yeah. I mean, I trust you as a dream scientist so after excited. the extensive research. I'm excited too. I played it as a negative, but let's be real. I, yeah. This is great. I'm coming into a lot of money. Charlotte's dealing with some white guilt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what more could be won from the end yeah. of this podcast? And I, think, I guess that kind of wraps it up with us saying, yeah, dream, dreams probably are. Um, dream Un- interpretation is legit. Well, I think we can actually wrap this up by saying we still don't know. Yeah. What, it's still a big mystery, big question mark. What do our dreams mean? Who we are? What do we mean? You know the title of the podcast, guys. It's ironic. Yeah. Why do dreams <laughs> dream of electric sheep? Yeah. I know we know everything. It is ironic. <laughs> yes, it is. So it's we a... end with irony <laughs> and this request <laughs> for patronage. Yeah. <laughs> it's the classic closing. Irony, request for money. Now, if you want to support us, please <laughs> head on over to patreon.com slash enough cake and become our patron. And this is definitely not something we should eat. Put at the end of the episode when everyone else <laughs> has definitely out. Yeah. But here to our like most loyal fans, <laughs> yeah, I'm mom, talking to you. Come on, <laughs> give us money. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love it. Show us that you care. Yeah. So thanks for listening. And yeah, and now that we're here at the end of the podcast, this is probably a good time when no one's listening yeah. to maybe reveal a secret. Reveal that we're not a monthly podcast, <laughs> yeah. as we had previously said. <laughs> <laughs> we're a surprise the yeah. podcast is here <laughs> podcast. we hope you enjoyed it yeah bye bye